Welcome to the Humans Under Grace Bible Study Podcast. We're getting ready to have an old-fashioned, line-on-line, precept-on-precept study of God's Word to search out those deeper truths and gain a greater understanding of the Bible. We would love for you to join us today as we dig in and learn what it is that God would truly have us to understand from the letter that He wrote to us. All right, God bless you and welcome into the study today. We're glad to have you. We're going to be picking it up in Genesis chapter 46, verse 1. Now, in our last study, we got all the way up to Joseph sending Pharaoh's chariots, or actually Pharaoh telling Joseph, send my chariots, volunteering them, and picking up Joseph, uh, Jacob and the rest of his family, and they're fixing to move them down into Egypt. So, but at the, at the close of the last study, Jacob received this news that his son Joseph was alive. After all these years, he thought he was dead, but he, ten- he turns out to be alive. And not only alive, but he's second in command of Egypt, which can only be done through God's blessings. Now, we'll go ahead and jump right into it. Chapter 46, verse 1, we ask for that word of clarity and understanding from our Father in Jesus' name. And verse 1 reads, And Israel took his journey with all that he had, and came to Beersheba, and offered sacrifices unto the God of his father Isaac. And God spake unto Israel in the, vision, in the visions of the night, and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, Here am I. Now, one thing to kind of point out on this is the, how they go back and forth between Israel and Jacob in his names. And basically, the way the, the symbolism behind that is most of the time that Jacob is mentioned, it's in his flesh, in the weakness of his flesh, whereas whenever he's called by Israel, that is through the strength of God's promises, such as when they were wanting, they needed to get Benjamin down into Egypt, but he said, no, 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 I I don't want to do that, I don't want to do that. He was called Jacob because it was the weakness of his flesh not wanting to lose his son or, you know, basically kind of kicking against God's will of getting the whole family into Egypt. Now, here when God says, Jacob, Jacob, it's kind of saying, here, let me call you by what you were. But in these visions, he's just to show him what he's going to be. So verse 3, and he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will there make of thee a great nation. And I will go down with thee into Egypt, and I will also surely bring thee up again. And Joseph, Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. And what that is, is kind of a figure of speech for you're going to go down there, you're going to live happily, you're going to get to see Joseph again. And not only that, but in peace, you're going to pass away. And basically it's meaning that Joseph will be there as that happens. Verse 5, And Jacob rose up from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried Jacob their father, and their little ones, and their wives, in the wagons with Pharaoh, which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. And they took their cattle and their goods, which they had gotten in the land of Canaan, and came into Egypt, Jacob and all his seed with him, his sons and his sons' sons with him, his daughters and his sons' daughters, and all his seed brought he with him into Egypt. And these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt, Jacob and his sons, Reuben. Jacob's firstborn, 
And the sons of Reuben were Hanok, and Phalu, and Hezron, and Carmi. And the sons of Simeon, Jemiel, and Jamin, and Ohad, and Jachin, and Zohar, and Shau, the son of the Canaanitish woman. And the sons of Levi, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. And the sons of Judah, Ur, and Onan, and Shelah, and Perez, and Zara. But Ur and Onan died in the land of Canaan. And the sons of, Far of Phares were Hezron and Hamul. Now you might remember the Ur and Onan that's mentioned there. That's when Judah, he, he was dealing with the, uh, the Canaanitish woman, or he, he married her, excuse me, Hittite. And that wasn't pleasing in the eyes of God because he needed to keep his line pure for the genealogy of Christ. So what happened is, one of his sons, Ur, married Tamar. Well, when Ur died, Onan was supposed to give her uh, a son to raise up in his name, and he didn't, so he died also. So then that's when Tamar had to play the harlot with Judah, and then that's whenever that seed line corrected itself and came back into Israel, uh, yes, the line of Israel. And so that's what that is talking about there. And the sons of Issachar, Tola and Fuva and Job and Shimron and the sons of Zebulun, Sered and Elon and Jalil. These are the sons of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob in Padan Aram with his daughter Dinah. All the souls of his sons and his daughters were thirty and three. And the sons of Gad, Ziphion and Haggai, Shuni and Esbon, Eri and e Arodi and Arielah, and the sons of Asher, Jimna, and Ishua, and Isui, and Beriah, and Sirah, their sister, and the sons of Beriah were Heber and Machiel. These are the sons of Zilpah, whom Laban gave to Leah his daughter, and these she bare unto Jacob, even sixteen souls. And the sons of Rachel, Jacob's wife, were Joseph and Benjamin. And unto Joseph in the land of Egypt were born Manasseh and Ephraim, which Aseneth, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, bare him. And the sons of Benjamin were Bela and Betcher, and Ashbel, Gira, Naaman, Ehi, and Rush, Mupim and Hupim, and Ard. These are the sons of Rachel, which were born to Jacob. All the souls were fourteen. And the sons of Dan, Hushim, and the sons of Naphtali, Jaziel, and Guni, and Jezer, and Shilam. These are the sons of Bilhah, which Laban gave unto Rachel, his daughter. And she bare these unto Jacob. All souls were seven. <coughs> Excuse me. And the souls that came with Jacob into Egypt, which came out of his loins, besides Jacob's sons' wives, all the uh, besides Jacob's sons' wives, all the souls were threescore and six. <clears throat> now, one thing there, so that that's sixty-six, but you include Jacob as well, so that's sixty-seven. Verse twenty-seven. And the sons of Joseph, which were born him in Egypt, were two souls. All the souls of the house of Jacob, which came into Egypt, were threescore and ten. That's seventy. 
That's why I included that Jacob was not numbered in that because then instead of being 66 plus 3, it's 67 plus 3. That's just to, just to round those numbers out. Verse 28, And he sent Judah before him unto Joseph to direct his face unto Goshen, and they came into the land of Goshen. Now, this Goshen is a land, it's east of Memphis, and it was basically some of the best land there was for grazing. And they called it the Field of Zoan, or Tinus. And it's actually mentioned in the inscriptions as containing non-Egyptian inhabitants and Semites. Semites. Verse 29, And Joseph made ready his chariot and went up to meet Israel, his father, to Goshen, and presented himself unto him. And he fell on his neck and wept, wept on his neck a good while. He was so glad to see his dad again. It had been so long since he had seen him. It was just, just overwhelming. <clears throat> Excuse me. Verse 30, And Israel said unto Joseph, Now let me die, since I have seen thy face, because thou art yet alive. He just, he's so happy, he's so content, it just fulfilled his life. He's at peace now. He's ready to go. Verse 31, And Joseph said unto his brethren, and unto his father's house, I will go up and show Pharaoh, and say unto him, My brethren and my father's house, which were in the land of Canaan, are come unto me. And the men are shepherds, for their trade hath been to feed cattle. And they have brought their flocks and their herds and all that they have. Now remember, to be a shepherd was, or to, to, to deal with cattle, was an abomination to Egyptians. Verse 33, And it shall come to pass, when Pharaoh shall call you, and shall say, What is your occupation? That ye shall say, Thy servant's trade hath been about cattle, from our youth even unto now, both we and also our fathers, that we may dwell in the land of Goshen, for every shepherd is an abomination unto the Egyptians. There they got it said. Verse 47, or chapter 47, verse 1. Then Joseph came and told Pharaoh and said, My father and my brethren and their flocks and their herds and all that they have are come out of the land of Canaan. And behold, they are in the land of Goshen. And he took some of his brethren, even five men, and presented them unto Pharaoh. <clears throat> now, the five in biblical numerics is the number of grace. So it's basically, I guess you could say they found grace in Pharaoh's eyes that they're getting the land of Goshen, this, this fruitful, just fertile ground that is great for their cattle, and it's going to really multiply them as far as a nation. They're going to grow exceedingly while they're in Egypt. Verse 3, And Pharaoh said unto his brethren, What is your occupation? And they said unto Pharaoh, Thy servants are shepherds, both we and also our fathers. They said, Moreover unto Pharaoh, For to sojourn in the land are we to come. For thy servants have no pasture for their flocks, for the famine is sore in the land of Canaan. Now therefore we pray thee, let thy servants dwell in the land of Goshen. Basically, the famine's taken everything from us. And you have a nice spot. You invited us down. We'll just, we don't want to stay in the city. We'll just go over there. Verse 5. And Pharaoh spake unto Joseph, saying, Thy father and thy brethren are come unto thee. The land of Egypt is before thee. In the best of the land make thy father and thy brethren to dwell. In the land of Goshen let them dwell. 
And if thou knowest any men of activity among them, then make them rules over my cattle. And Joseph brought in Jacob, his father, and set him before Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Now there's something on this Jacob blessing Pharaoh. In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 7, it says that the less is blessed by the better. And we see this in other places as well, such as when Melchizedek blessed Abraham. Naturally, that was the embodiment, the, the basically, you could say Christ, because Hebrews says that it was the man Christ that blessed Abraham for his offerings. So here you see that naturally Jacob is the better between Jacob and Pharaoh because he has God's promises on him. And it's only through God's promises through Joseph that Egypt is even in a state of being able to give land at this point. If it wasn't for that, then Egypt would be in the same shape as Canaan. But God's looking after them. Let's see here. And verse 8. And Pharaoh said unto Jacob, How old art thou? And Jacob said unto Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are an hundred and thirty years. Few and evil have the days of my years of my life been, and have not attained unto the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out before Pharaoh, and went out from before Pharaoh. There again, the, the greater is blessing the lesser. Verse 11. And Joseph placed his father and his brethren and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramesses, as Pharaoh had commanded. Now this Ramesses is the more modern name for this same land of Goshen. So it's the same spot they're talking about. It's just kind of an updated name. Verse 12. And Joseph nourished his father and his brethren and all his father's household with bread according to their families. Basically, the they got a portion by how many children and so forth they had. Verse 13, And there was no bread in all the land, for the famine was very sore, so that the land of Egypt and all the land of Canaan fainted by reason of the famine. And Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the, in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan for the corn which they bought. And Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. So they're still in this famine, and Joseph's still selling all this wheat or this corn. And it's getting to the point to where people have gone so long without bread or without any type of, of monetary gain that all the money's about gone. They just about have everything. Everybody's going broke over this thing. Verse 15, And when money failed in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians or these would be those who lived in, in Egypt, came unto Joseph and said, Give us bread, for why should we die in thy presence? For the money faileth. So basically, money means nothing anymore. So why is it that we should die because we can't afford this? You know, the, the storehouses are still there. you got to help us out. Verse 16, And Joseph said, Give your cattle, and I will give you for your cattle if money fail. So basically, we're just going to barter it here. Verse 17, And they brought their cattle unto Joseph, and Joseph gave them bread in exchange for horses, and for flocks, and for the cattle of the herds, and for asses. And he fed them with bread for all their cattle for that year. 
So that made a year of it. <clears throat> and basically, they're on a barter system now. Money's not good for anything. It's just whatever they used back then. Right now, it would be, it's just paper. And so they're having to dig a little deeper. Verse 18. When that year was ended, they came unto him the second year and said unto him, We will not hide it from my Lord, how that our money is spent. My Lord also hath our herds of cattle. There is not aught left in the sight of my Lord, but our bodies and our lands. We have absolutely nothing. Verse 19, Wherefore shall we die before thine eyes, both we and our land? By us and our land for bread. And we and our land will be servants unto Pharaoh, and give us seed, that we may live and not die, that the land be not desolate. So now they're kind of, they went from bartering, now they're kind of, they're fixing to move into sharecropping, basically, is what this is. Verse 20, And Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. For the Egyptians sold every man his field, because the famine prevailed over them, so the land became Pharaoh's. Now, this just goes to show that God moves nations. This whole nation, this was such a, a mighty nation. And then this famine came in that God brought. And God prepared them. He told them this is going to happen. So don't be caught unaware. And now look, Egypt has, has reclaimed all its land for food. Verse 21. And as for the people, he removed them to the cities from one end of the borders of Egypt, even to the other end thereof. And only the land of the priest bought he not, for the priest had a portion, or basically, uh, whenever you say portion, you could say there was a, a statute uh, put, uh, which Pharaoh gave them. Therefore, there was a law, basically, that you couldn't buy or sell the priest's land. Wherefore, they sold not their lands. Verse 23, Then Joseph said unto the people, Behold, I have bought you this day and your land for Pharaoh. Lo, here is your seed for you, and ye shall sow the land. And it shall come to pass in the increase that ye shall give the fifth part unto Pharaoh, and four parts shall be your own, for seed of the field, and for your food, and for them of your household, and for food for your little ones. So right there he set up sharecropping. If you, if you want to bring it up to modern day, the government or the owners were giving the people, here, go use this field, go use this seed, you do the work, you get the harvest, but then you pay us 20%. And then they get to stay on the land, they get to work the land, and they get the food, the other 80% off of it. Verse 24, And it came to pass, uh, yes, and it shall come to pass in the increase that ye shall give a fifth part unto Pharaoh, Oh, we got that. Verse 25. And they said, Thou hast saved our lives. Let us find grace in the sight of my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servants. Now, they're just so happy about this. Verse 26. And Joseph made it a law over the land of Egypt unto this day, or the day of this writing, except the land of the priest only, which became not Pharaoh's. Verse 27. And Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt, in the country of Goshen, and they had possessions therein and grew and multiplied exceedingly, fulfilling, or God fulfilling his promises here. 
And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt seventeen years. So the whole age of Jacob was a hundred forty and seven years. And the time drew nigh that Israel must die. And he called his son Joseph and said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and deal kindly and truly with me. Bury me not, I pray thee, in Egypt. If you'll remember this, putting your hand under my thigh was basically swearing on the posterity, swearing on all his children that he would do this thing. Verse 30. But I will lie with my fathers, and thou shalt carry me out of Egypt and bury me in their burying place. And he said, I will do as thou hast said. So Jacob made this promise here. That's, that's what we're going to do. 31. And he said, Swear unto me. And he swore unto him. And Israel bowed himself upon his bed's head. <clears throat> now there's a bit of confusion with this verse. And Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21, where it says that, that Israel bowed down and worshipped after he had blessed. Or in, Let me just turn over there so I'm not butchering this thing. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21, it's just one verse. But the reason it's important is because we're actually going to get to what it is talking about. There's just a lot of confusion again with different, different folks and everything. So 11, Hebrews 11, chapter 21, and it reads, By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. A lot of them say that that happened right here whenever he bowed himself upon his bed's head. But he had not yet blessed Joseph and Ephraim and Manasseh and his children. We're going to get to that, though. So, Genesis chapter 48 and verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, Behold, thy father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And one told Jacob. Now, naturally, Jacob here is because his flesh is weak. He's dying. And said, Behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto me. And Israel strengthened himself and sat upon the bed. Now, the reason I call that out is because He's about to give out blessings. And in, this, in these giving out these blessings, he is basically prophesying. That what we're going to see in each of these is a prophecy according to each of the tribes. So he rises up. He's sick as Jacob, but he rises up as Israel, the strength that God had given him. And he's sitting on the side of his bed. So he's got his, a lot of pictures and stuff showing him laying in the bed and... What really is going on, he basically set up and is sitting on the side of his bed. That's going to come important in a second. Verse 3, And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And he said to me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee, and I will make of thee a multitude of people, and I will give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. Naturally, this is talking about in Canaan. And now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt, before I came unto thee into Egypt, are mine. As Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. Now what does that mean? What he's saying here is Joseph has been blessed tremendously. And so 
in the, the law or, or the custom of what was supposed to happen, Reuben, being the firstborn, was supposed to receive a double portion for being the firstborn. So he got he was supposed to receive double of what everybody, all the rest of the brothers did. But if you will remember, Reuben went and laid with Bilhah, if I remember correctly, uh, Leah's handmaiden, which was Jacob's wife. So at that point, he took himself out of that firstborn uh, type of inheritance. So what, what Jacob's doing here, what Israel's doing here, as he's blessing Ephraim and Manasseh, he's saying, they're my sons, so that he can bless both of them. In turn, it's giving Joseph a double portion. So it's kind of a loophole that he's creating here. Six, verse six, And thy issue, which thou begettest after them, shall be thine, and shall be called after the name of their brethren in the inheritance. So any children that you have, talking to Joseph, any children that you have after these two, they're your children, but they're going to fall under the tribes of either Ephraim or Manasseh. So what he's doing here is setting up these two tribes. Instead of having the tribe of Joseph, you have two tribes, Ephraim and Manasseh. That's how they're formed. That's, that's where they, this is their origin. Verse 7, And as for me, when I came to Padan, Rachel died by me in the land of Canaan, in the way, when yet there was but a little way to come to Ephrath, and I buried her there in the way to Ephrath. The same is Bethlehem, Bethlehem, the house of bread. And Israel beheld Joseph's sons and said, Who are these? And Joseph said unto his father, They are my sons, whom God hath given me in this place. And he said, Bring them, I pray, I pray thee, unto me, and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim for his age, so that he could not see. And he brought them near unto him, and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I had not thought to see thy face, and lo, God hath showed me also thy seed. He said, I thought you were dead. I didn't even think I'd ever get to see you again. And what a blessing it was to see you, but God also blessed me to see my grandchildren from you. Verse 12, And Joseph brought them out from between his knees, and he bowed himself with his face on the earth. So this is why I said it was important that he had his, that, that you understood he kind of was sitting on the side of his bed. So they leaned over to hug him and everything. So they walked up to hug him, and to be brought from out between his knees meant that, you know, they were standing in front of him. So he pulled him back, you know, gave him a little space. And now this is where Hebrews chapter 21, uh, chapter 11, verse 21 would come in that he bowed himself on his staff. So you can just picture Jacob. He's weak. He's right here at the time of passing. He's sitting on the side of his bed, and he's got his staff in front of him, and he's leaning on it as he's giving out these blessings. Verse 13, And Joseph took them, both Ephraim in his right hand, toward Israel, uh, towards Israel's left, because Ephraim was the younger, and Manasseh in his left hand towards Israel's right hand, because he is the elder, and brought them near unto him. And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head. Now the symbolism in the right hand is that that's the power. So Jacob, uh, Joseph had it set up to where his right hand would 
touch the elder so that naturally the elder gets the stronger blessing. And his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hands wittingly. He knew what he was doing. For Manasseh was the firstborn. It wasn't just he was fumbling around. He was, he was doing as he was led, basically. Verse 15, And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day, the angel which redeemed me from all evil, blessed the lads, and let my name be named on them, and the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Now, he used three different names there. The God that before whom my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, did walk, the God which fed me, and the angel which redeemed me from my enemies. Remember, whenever he was coming back to Edom, Edom, Esau, he was worried, but there was, there was his camp. And then he looked, and there was another camp, a camp of angels. That's what he's saying here. He said, God that I've believed on, that was the God of my fathers, the God that provided for me, and the God that watched over and protected me. And let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Let me back up. Verse 16. Let's just get all of verse 16. Then the angel which redeemed me from all the evil blessed the lads, and let my name be named on them, and the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. There. Verse 17. And when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. Or what, it, what the translation said is it was evil in his eyes. He didn't like this. And he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head unto Manasseh's head. He was trying to, you know, you're probably not seeing too well. Let's get this sorted out right quick. That's on the wrong head. And Joseph said unto his father, Not, not so, my father. For this is the firstborn. Put thy right hand upon his head. And his father refused and said, I know it, my son. I know it. He knew what he was doing. He also shall become a people, and he also shall be great, but truly his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. And he blessed them that day, saying, In thee shall Israel bless, saying, God, make thee as Ephraim and Manasseh. And he set Ephraim before Manasseh. And naturally, as when you get over into the Kings and Chronicles, you see that whenever the ten tribes broke away from, from the two southern tribes, the ten northern tribes broke away, even in the, in the prophets, you see a lot of times that the collective ten tribes are known or mentioned as Ephraim because Ephraim became the largest tribe. Verse 21, And Israel said unto Joseph, Behold, I die, but God shall be with you and bring you again unto the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have, given to, I have given to thee one portion above thy brethren, which I took out of the hand of the Amorite with my sword and with my bow. Now, what this is talking about here is they had, Jacob and Abraham both had bought property at Shechem. And you kind of got to get into history 
but it tells you how that Jacob went to the, took, basically recovered it out of the hand of the Amorite, uh, who at some point in time must have come in and, and seized it, much like whenever they filled in the wells and stuff, and they kind of had to work their way around that. Well, at some point in time, the Amorites had come in and taken over part of the land, and historically, Jacob went in and kicked them back off of it. And we'll pick it up in chapter 49 in the next study, and we'll get into these blessings. And as we get into these blessings, some of them, not all of them, but some of them, you can see through the blessings where these tribes ended up being in the nation today or in the world today as they were scattered. So God bless you, and y'all have a great day. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of the Humans Under Grace Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions that you'd like to be answered on the podcast, you can email us at questions at humansundergrace.com or you can write to us at Humans Under Grace, P.O. Box 1467, Tatum, Texas, 75691. Thank you and God bless you.